Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. So today, you know, we are, as we are entering to this series, our, our second week in this series, or maybe it's our third, actually our third week, I don't know, I can't remember. We are in a series, and it's experiencing God's normal. And really, the, the, the whole premise behind this uh, series is looking at what it takes, faith-wise, the principles um, that need to be applied in order to experience more and more of God's reality, God's will, God's power, um, and and in in the process, we're getting more and more out of the way. But obviously, faith is you know it's work, it's it's learning, it's it's a lifetime, and there's always something more to learn. Because um, ultimately, you know, God is always a step ahead of us. Um, that's why it takes faith. God is always working in a way to elevate Himself, to glorify Himself, to bring attention to His strength, His power, His abilities, not our own. Because our lives, our lives as Christians, is a life of submission. Our lives as, as Christians is a life, our lives of. Um, dying to self daily and following him. You know, Jesus was very clear about that. It's like whoever desires to come after me must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. And that encompasses a lot uh, in terms of who we are as human beings. Because who we are to deny ourselves is to deny so much of our understanding about how things happen or should happen, it's, it's, it's to deny uh, so much of our, inst- our instincts, our um, experiences, because, see, we're new creations. And that new creation is, is designed to live according to the Spirit. And the Spirit will always operate according to God's will, not our will. And so it takes us learning to get more and more out of the way to experience more and more life. And so we're looking at a lot of these um, maybe obstacles um, that we can run into within ourselves. And last week we, we talked about first response, how we our initial response to difficulty can either propel us into deeper faith or propel us backwards into who we used to be. It's either going to um, create more and more of the new person or resurrect the old. And, and this week we're, we're looking at another aspect of who we are in terms of our walk and potential obstacles. And we're looking at breaking points. You know, breaking, our breaking points can be obstacles in our walk of faith. And I think all of us, we, we have breaking points. I mean, I think if I say, had everyone raised their hand here and said, have any of you ever experienced a breaking point where you just kind of lost it? Yep. Yeah. And the, the thing about a breaking point is that you're going along and you're fine. But as things begin to happen and pile up, it's like you could feel it. it it's like you, you just feel it. And pretty soon you can't take it anymore, right? It's like your internal structure that, that maintains your self-control finally cracks. And then all that ugliness comes out. And it's scary, especially uh, when moms lose it. I think the kids are more afraid of mom than they are me, just saying. 
<laughs> that's for a reason. But yeah. <laughs> but so we're going to look at breaking points. And uh, as we're looking at this, um, we have to understand that all of us have breaking points. And it may not be temper tantrums, but breaking points in the faith are when we finally get to the point and say, I can't operate in faith anymore. I can't maintain this outlook anymore. I can't, can't maintain a trust in something I can't see. This circumstance is way too much for me. I'm just going to revert back to whatever it is I do to feel okay. And that doesn't mean the problem is solved. It just means you, you finally reach that place. Like, I give up. I'm just going to be whatever that is to you. And often it's at those places of breaking where God is like, you're so close. You're so close. You're so close. Don't break. Okay? Acknowledge that you're frustrated. Acknowledge that you don't understand. But don't break. Don't give up. Don't fall back. Don't lose it. Don't lose it mentally. Don't let your, the, the mentality of faith crack and, and, and fall apart. It's like hold and be strong and stand still and know that I'm God and I'm going before you. I am with you. But see, sometimes that's why we need other people around us to help us with that. But anyway, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Sorry. Let's look at Philippians 3.12. Paul says this, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected. So he's being very honest about where he is, that his faith is not completed. He's definitely not perfect. But he does say this, but in the midst of this, in the midst of this knowledge and understanding, I press on. I press on. And He says this, that I may lay a hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid a hold of me. He goes, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, here we go, this forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Of God in Christ Jesus. There's a lot in this. There's a lot of humanity in this. There's a lot of truth about our walk in faith in this. Because Paul is speaking about the very real issue that all of us face is that none of us are perfected in faith. None of us have attained a perfect faith. That we are all still being sanctified and grown into the image of Christ. We're all learning. We're all at different places. But it also says that it is a journey that we must keep pressing forward And what we need to understand is the reason we're pressing forward. He says it right here. The biggest reason we are to continue to experience the normal, God's normal, is that the prize is that we are called. It says, uh, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. You see, our call is the prize. Not Heaven's going to be the ultimate reward, but being called by God himself, is the prize. The fact that we have been set apart, taken and pulled from the grips of this world, from the grips of sin, from the grips of being you know, disconnected from our Father and serving ourselves and serving everything that this world has to offer. We've been pulled out of the darkness into light. We've been called into the light, and that is a prize. I mean, if you think about what that means, it's a prize. There's no greater gift, there's no greater reward in this life than to live according to the light and the knowledge of God. 
and his truth. It is foundational. It is something that cannot be shaken. It, it's something that you, it is with you everywhere and it infuses itself in every part of who you are. It's the greatest prize of all to be called. Let's not waste it, right? Let's not waste it. But it's a race. It, it, it's a journey. And so he's saying, we have to, in the midst of this, know that as we go through things in life, we need to press forward because the prize of the call requires it and we experience more of the value of that call as we press forward when we feel like we can't move forward. When we feel like we can't take another step because of the situation. But see, that we, we have the prize. So let's, let's walk according to the gift that we have and say, nothing, nothing can come against me. Nothing can stop God working within me and growing in me and working his will for me. Nothing could stand against it. So we have to know that, man, what an honor and a privilege it is to be children of God. Let's not waste it by getting, by, I can't talk this morning, by getting sucked up into how the world copes and getting sidetracked by what the world offers, or by what the world tells us, or by what our own flesh tells us. Let's look at this, Romans, uh, Romans 5.1. Therefore, therefore, having been justified by faith, having been justified, made right by our faith, meaning our believing and accepting and receiving of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are forgiven of our sins. We become a child of God, sealed with his Holy Spirit, called into his family, called into his will and purposes. It is obtained by faith and it will always be obtained by faith. We start with faith, we end with faith, okay? So we have Peace, okay, with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is important for all of us to know, especially when we are at a breaking point, understanding that God is always at peace with us. He is not against us. We can't take what we see as God saying, I'm done with you, I'm through with you, I'm sending this to destroy you because I am fed up. No, see, we have peace with God always, always. And he says this, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and exist and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. This is our faith in a nutshell. This is what we carry with us into every situation. This is the reality that is over our lives is that we stand in grace on grace. It's over us. It's in us. It's with us. And we rejoice in the hope of God in all things, in the glory of God in all things. Even in our darkest times and most confusing times, God's glory is waiting to be unveiled and revealed as we press forward. This is so important for us to remember. It's important that we understand what he is saying because as he moves on to verse three, it's all built on those first two verses. He goes, and not only that, not only that, but we also then glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations 
tribulation produces in faith. It produces in faith with the hope of having peace with God, standing upon his grace, knowing that his glory will be revealed in all things. See, it produces perseverance. Why? Because we desire that to be experienced and demonstrated through us and in us. So it produces perseverance. And perseverance what? Character. And character what? Hope. This is God's normal. This is God's normal in every, every situation. And he is specifically talking about tribulation and difficulty and pressure. He's specifically talking about circumstances that go beyond our ability to handle in the flesh. He's talking about difficulty that ultimately the only way we can cope is to either retreat and go back or to simply persevere in the faith and hold on and maintain a mindset of faith that says, God is good. God is good. God is with me. And in this, God's glory will be revealed in me and through me. And I will grow because of it. See, that's God's normal. That nothing can come against you nor destroy you because he is with you and and he is at peace with you. And he says this in verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope will not disappoint. Because, you see, we have the Holy Spirit within us that reveals the love of God. So our hope isn't blind. Our hope isn't aimless. Our hope isn't empty. Our hope is placed squarely and firmly in the love of God who is with us and declares that he will be with us always. And so with that, let's look at some breaking points. (laughs) Because Paul back in Philippians that we read in the beginning, was talking about the reality of pressing forward. You know, our, our, it's, it's to follow after and to pursue, right? You know, when you're pressing into something, you know, if any of you dated and, you know, you fell in love, you know, and it, it, there, there's a pursuit there that, that really overcomes you and, and it possesses you in a way. Like when you were pursuing me, like I couldn't stop that from happening no matter what. You just kept pressing and pressing until I said, uncle, just kidding. But it's that idea of you're consumed with something that is good. You're consumed with something that could be a prize. You know, in a race, they're running for, you know, they're they're running for first place. You know, they're running for a prize. And therefore, they're pressing on because the value of what lays ahead is so much greater than the temporary pain and discomfort that, that, that people may be experiencing, that we may be experiencing. And Paul was saying, we keep pressing. Why? Because the prize of the call, it's, the pri- it's worth it. The prize of the call that exists now and the prize of growing in that call that lays before us, it's worth pressing. And why do we have to press? Because so many things are pressing against us. So much of what God is doing is outside our realm of understanding. And so often the understanding that we have could be pressing against us where we feel like we just want to give up. We just want to stop. 
We just want to say, I'm done with this race. I can't do it anymore. It's not worth it. But it's on the other side that we experience newness. So let's, I want to look at a particular situation. Let's go to Numbers 13, verse 27. And um, Moses had led the people to the place of the promised land on the other side of the Jordan. They had, they had yet to enter the promised land. And the people wanted to send spies, a little bit of a reconnaissance mission to, to check out this land. So Moses agreed. And uh, so they spent, uh, sent 12 spies over 40 days to, to go look at this uh, land, spy it out, see what awaited them. And upon their return, this is the account that they give. So I want you to pay very close attention to this. Then they told him, the spies, and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. They, they had brought back with them you know, the grapes, you know, the fruit that they had found to prove that, yes, it is as you have said, Moses. It is as God has said and promised. This is the land. And it very much is exactly what God has told us. You would think that maybe there'd be some excitement. They, they stepped within the promised land. They're seeing it. They're tasting it literally. It's demonstrating that God is faithful and true and that what he says is true. But watch this. Nevertheless, this is what they said. The people, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So in this journey of faith, see what they are seeing is they are seeing some of the promise, a lot of the promise, but yet they are seeing more of the obstacle. And in their understanding, they're like, these obstacles cannot be overcome. And they had 40 days to process this, and this is what they came back with. So apparently along the way, there was a breaking point where they were seeing good things, and they were, you know, I don't know if they were rejoicing, but they were saying, oh, there's, that, yes, there's milk, uh, milk and honey. I don't know, they, there it was. <laughs> milk and honey and, 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 and the fruit and the grapes and everything. It was good, as God has promised. But then they started seeing, oh, oh, there's... There's a fortified city, and oh, there's these people, and then oh my goodness, and then there's the descendants of Anak, which are giants, and, and then there's that, and then there's that, and then there's that. Remember, we talked about breaking points? It's like this layering effect, right? It's like, oh, there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and this. It's a building effect, and then finally you crack and say, forget it, I'm done, I'm out. This is what happened. And so this is what they reported. But then Caleb, who didn't have a breaking point, quieted the people. Before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are able to overcome it. See again, first response, second response, third response. See, he stayed in faith, rooted in faith in the truth and power of God and his promise. The others did not. Because watch what this says. But the men who had gone up with him said, 
But the men who had gone up with him and saw the same thing, but the men who reached their breaking point said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. This is our conclusion. I give up. I'm done with this journey, this promised land business. I'm through with because it can't happen. We will be destroyed. God isn't truthful. He is not faithful. This is one big hoax. You've been misled, Moses. We're done, we're done, we're done. This is what a breaking point looks like. And I think if I ask all of you, were they done? No. They were not. But they reached their breaking point. We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. (laughs) And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, which is true. The descendants of Anak, came from giants from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight do you see what happens with breaking points do you see all they could see now was the trouble and then they begin to exaggerate and make conclusions based on what they saw and all of their conclusions justified their breaking and their retreat and they gave a bad report about the promised land That God gave them the prize, the prize, the land. They gave it a bad report. It wasn't worth the struggle. It wasn't worth the fight. Because it was too dangerous. And often that's what our walk of faith can feel like. It's not worth the fight. It's not worth it. I'm too tired. I'm getting devoured. I'm going to be devoured. The situation is going to overcome me. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this whole deal. This is what it begins to look like. But see, what we have to understand is that, see, in our walk, in our journey, in our race, yes, there's a giant finish line at the end where, you know, we come to the end of our life and, you know, we meet Jesus face to face and, you know, we're rewarded with eternal life and for our faithfulness. But there's many milestones There's many milestones that we pass, mile markers. And with each mile marker, there's growth and there's more determination that can be built and perseverance that that is built and character that is built within us if we allow it to happen. And see, for them, the promised land was like a big finish line for them. Not the ultimate finish line, but this is a big finish line. And they didn't want to cross it. (laughs) They didn't want to cross it. They were right there, but they didn't want to cross it. They broke. They, like, they broke down. It's like getting to the end of a race and like a few steps to go. And you're like, I'm done. And see, and that's the power of breaking. That's the power that breaking can have over us. We could be so close. And some of you out there are so close. And this message is just for you. And the reality is they knew the promise. It wasn't that they didn't know. They knew the promise. They just didn't believe in it anymore. Because look, in Exodus 6, 2, look at what God tells Moses. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, 
I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. You see the promise Do you see what they knew? But yet, the breaking point within them said, can't do it. Can't do it. It's too much for us to bear. But yet God says, I will give it to you. See, God's normal, God's reality was no matter what existed within that land, he was going to do it. But yet they would never cross over into it because they broke and see, in Paul and Philippians, let's go, speaks to this for all of us. Philippians 3.15, he goes, Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it, even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. See, what he is saying is whatever you've obtained, whatever you've received from the Lord, whatever you know, walk by that. See, not understanding is never an excuse not to move forward. He's like, walk by what you know. Walk by what you know. And where you don't have understanding, pray to the Lord that he would give you understanding But it's not an excuse not to obey. We often fall into this place, especially in breaking points, where the the situation itself creates so much confusion that doubt takes over and we justify not moving. We justify saying, I don't believe what God maybe had told me back here. I don't believe what I know I've received from the Lord at one time that said, go in this direction. And we stop. He's like, no, no, no. Live up to what you've attained. Live up to what you know. Live up to what you know has been true and revealed to you. And when you are confused, stand still, persevere, and God will reveal his will and his ways. Don't break. Don't break. And I feel like some of you out there, you're teetering. You're, on the, you're, you're right there. And this message was for you. It's for you today. God is saying, hold, hold. I'm leading you. I am with you. I have already established your steps. And through my power and my will and who I am, things will be accomplished. You see, he's bringing you to the end of yourself. 
He brought the spies, the people to the end of themselves. And he had showed himself faithful over and over and over and over again in the wilderness, but yet they kept doubting and he would show up and then they doubt and complain and doubt and complain and doubt and complain and doubt. And then finally, God actually had a breaking point and said, these people will not enter into the promised land. And so there they wandered for 40 years. But see, now we're at peace with God now because of Jesus Christ. And he is with us and will always be with us. And he is patient. And he will be with you through those breaking points. And even if you've had a breaking point, you see, God can still redeem. God will work all things together again for his glory. And so you don't have to be discouraged. (laughs) And so... But just look real quick at what a breaking point looks like. Some of you may already know. But what does a breaking point in the faith look like? And I'll be honest, I've had a few of these in in my life. And thank God for his sovereignty and grace because he redeemed (laughs) the actions that I took when I had a, a breaking point. When I finally was just like, can't do it. It's too much. I must have not heard. Maybe I was misguided, but he redeemed it. But I very much resonate with, with, with some of these uh, attributes. So this is what it looks like and sounds like. So all the congregation, this is what Israel, how they responded when they heard the report, lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. See, all hope was lost. Here they were on the banks, literally, of the promised land. And they were weeping because of what they saw that they did not think could be overcome. But yet God saw the land and the promise. He saw the goodness. He saw the favor. He saw his power being able to defeat all the enemies within that promised land. He saw it according to his promise and his power. But yet they were weeping and full of discouragement. And all of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. These are strong words. If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Watch this. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? You see what they did there? They are speaking it as a fact. Why did he bring us here to die? Like literally. Like this was truth to them. This was more truth than God's promise. You see, to bring them into the land of Jacob and Isaac that he had promised them. You see, they didn't see that anymore. All they saw was their conclusion. So write this down. If you are close to a breaking point or or actually in a breaking point, know this, one of the most dominant traits of a, or characteristic of a breaking point is faithless conclusions. Faithless conclusions, write that down. What's it sound like? I'll read it again. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? That is a faithless conclusion. And when you're at a spiritual breaking point, 
a faith breaking point. This is what your mind sounds like. This is the rhetoric inside of your head. This is what it's faithless conclusions. Why did God bring me here to ruin me? Why did God place this, put this in my path? Why is he destroying my family? Why is he doing this? Why now do I have to live like this for the rest of my life? Totally, whatever it is, it's, it's faithless conclusions and you're believing them as fact. And therefore, your whole mindset just responds accordingly. And as it responds, it gives you a corresponding action. You see faithless conclusions. Ultimately, in a mindset of when you're breaking, you will then take action according to that conclusion. The faithless conclusion, not the conclusion in the truth of who God is, but of what conclusion you have come to through your understanding. Through your normal, not God's normal. Let's see what their corresponding action was. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? It didn't just stop there. They said this. So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. It wasn't like this hypothetical question. It was, yeah, we're going to die. Let's go back. And here, here's what we're going to do about it. We're going to select leaders and we're going to return. Like, you see what I mean? All of a sudden, their actions are being determined by their faithless conclusion. And see, and this is the danger of a breaking point. When you say, I'm done with faith, I'm responding to what I see and what I understand. And I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And often, it's always retreat. <laughs> It's always retreat. Even though you think you might be moving forward, you're not. You're going backwards. They were literally going backwards. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Come on, (laughs) y'all. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and he will give it to us. Come on, you all. That's what he's trying. He's like, stop. The Lord is with us. It is his land. It is what he promised us. He will go before us. He is with us. They stayed in the mindset of faith and trust, but they were talking to a people that broke and now they were living according to their faithless conclusion and the men of faith were trying to encourage them back into a place of faith. He will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel. Don't break against the Lord. Nor fear the people of the land. For they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. See, this is what we need to speak to ourselves when they're in the middle of a possible breaking point is we have to speak truth. We have to hold on to the truth. And we need other people to fight for us and with us and encourage us. But see, they were so far gone that this is how they responded. And all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Basically, they didn't want to hear the voice anymore to a point where they wanted to kill them. And this is one of the most dangerous aspects of a breaking point is there's no more tolerance for the truth. There's no more tolerance. And maybe you've been there. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. 
I don't want to hear another Bible verse. I don't want to hear another, you know, faith-filled, you know, bumper sticker statement. I don't want to hear whatever you have to say. God's left me. He's not for me. This is awful. I'm wrecked. There's no hope. You see, there's no tolerance for the truth. So you you see why this is so important for us. We all could hit this place because this this is a race and that sometimes we have to press. They needed to press on. They needed to move forward to obtain what God had for them. And in that, they would realize how good God is. And 40 years later, God demonstrated his power. God demonstrated how he would take care of all the obstacles and all all that they saw would be taken care of. That they would literally just march around a wall for seven days and the walls of Jericho would just fall as soon as trumpets blew. You see, God did incredible things on their behalf so that they could possess the land. You see, that was God's normal and this is the normal that he wanted them to experience, but they broke. They broke and they gave up and they would never enter the land because of this. But see, we have the promise that God is with us and that we are called and it's worth pressing on. Some of you right now are making decisions based on faithless conclusions. And today God is opening your eyes again to the truth. It says stop. With every bad choice, you're retreating. And you're retreating and you're moving backwards, even though you feel like you're moving forward. It's like stop. Stop what you're doing and believe and believe. Be still and know that I am God. Because here's the truth. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4.16. Written by Paul, a man that endured incredible tribulation and difficulty. He says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not break. We do not reach a breaking point. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, even if we go through situations, you know, that are literally, you know, hurting us. It's like, it's, it's our outward man is his beginning, is perishing, you know, it's, it's taking its toll and sometimes it's health issues. You know, sometimes, you know, whatever it is, you know, our, 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 our comfort in our well-being, this outward, the, the, the outward stuff of who we are is perishing. It says, but the inward man in faith is being renewed. That's a promise. As this is perishing, this is being renewed. As we press forward through tribulation and difficulty, this is being renewed and we're growing stronger internally, even though outwardly, you know, it's difficult. (laughs) But to us, this is the most important part of who you are. It's your heart, it's your soul, it's your spirit, it's the eternal part of you. 
And ultimately what he is saying is that, guys, our lives here are like this. Eternity is forever. And our ability to press on and to persevere is literally creating for us. Listen, it's creating for us a reality eternally. Does that make sense? How we live here, it really is going to determine how we live there. It's worth it. An eternal weight of glory. And so sometimes that's what we have to hold on to is the promise of the promised land. And our promised land is heaven. (laughs) Our promised land is heaven. And that's a reality for all of us. As we walk through this life. Is that heaven awaits. But as heaven awaits, we are being renewed day by day if we allow him to work. As we step more and more into God's normal. As we recognize when we're at a place of breaking. As we recognize a place that we are now consumed with faithless conclusions. And then allowing corresponding actions to dictate our steps. God today is saying, keep moving forward. Stay in him. Stay in his truth. Declare his truth. Pray always. Worship. And you will experience the normal of God, even in the presence of great enemies. Because in the presence of those enemies, we're in the place of promise. That's the crazy thing. The enemies were in the place of promise. Don't let the enemies and distractions and discouragements say that you're not in the right place because you're right where you need to be. You're right where you need to be. And God is with you. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for today again, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord, for your word that reminds us of how great you are, how capable you are. And Jesus, I pray that this word as it went forth stirred those who needed to be stirred. Lord, those that are on the brink of (laughs) breakthrough, but yet they're at a breaking point. Lord, I thank you for that word. Let not today be a day of a breaking point, but of breakthrough. Lord, I pray for breakthrough. Some out there just needed to hear that. Break through. Break through into the promised land. Break through into the promise over your life. Break through into the reality of God in you, working through you. Break through into the glory of God, even in the midst of darkness. Break through into the light. Break through into the truth of who you are, and that is you are worth Christ's life, that he died for you because you are precious, and you are called, and you have purpose, and he breathed the very life you, uh, you live into your lungs. Break through into the reality 
that your God is good and faithful and that he shines brightest when things are at their darkest. Break through into the reality that God loves you and will never forsake you and is with you and forgives you and can redeem all things and work all things together for his glory because you are called according to his purpose. Break through because the land is exceedingly good. Break through because God is with you and your enemies cannot stand against the God of the universe, your God, Jehovah, Elohim. Jesus, breathe your life into your people. Move them forward. Give them the courage and the bravery to step into faith and declare your goodness and speak it into the darkness and confusion. Jesus, you're so good. We praise you, our Savior, our Lord, our Father, our Comforter, our Warrior, our King. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. That's Russ, F-A-I-L-L-A-C-I dot com. Thanks for listening. And remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.